Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Star vs. the Force of Evil, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. And Alex Bonilla. Annyeong. Uh, Aww. Very good. appropriate. Yeah, solid. Okay. <laughs> um, today we'll be talking, as Alex alluded to, the uh, March 31st episodes of Star vs. the Force of Evil, uh, Pachi and Tough Love that, uh, were up, uh, that aired on uh, Disney XD this morning and also on the Disney app. Uh, we talk star every week here on the Overly Animated podcast twice a week for the season 3B. Find us at overlyanimated.com or search for Overly Animated Star on, uh, iTunes or sub- subscribe there. YouTube, subscribe on YouTube to not miss any of our future star podcasts. Um, yeah, make sure you check out these episodes. Big, big episode at the end. Uh, at least two minutes of, of big stuff happening. So make sure you check out Bam and Tough Love. But let's get into it. Uh, Michelle, what did you think of these episodes? Um, I feel kind of weird about them <laughs> to be completely weird. 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 A little weird, a little wild, right? Uh, I mean, things happen. I mean, and a lot of things happened in Tough Love, but like, I don't know. They had like a weird vibe. And I feel like part of it stems from like things we've talked about before. How the show like is trying so hard to be zany, but sometimes it doesn't really yeah. feel organic. Um, and I feel like that's a continuing problem. And I'm getting a little more concerned about it just being like a thing that's going to exist for the rest of the season now. And that's a little unfortunate. I mean, there there are a lot of like standout moments, I think, in each of these. I do think Tough Love might be stronger of the two. But um, yeah, I still feel kind of weird about him as a whole. Yeah. That's appropriate for the show. Weird. Does it feel weird? Yeah. It's but not a weird a show. Kind of weird. Like an ambivalent, like, <laughs> what do I do with this kind of weird? Okay. I feel like that's not as good. Yeah. I mean, I do think a lot of episodes are in, intend you to take away, like, well, what? What is this? <laughs> like, I think that's. Yeah. Sh- I feel like it should still be kind of clear, though, at the same time. I think that's so. kind of the intended reaction of Tough Love. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. We'll, we'll, mm-hmm. di- we'll delve into that. Um, Alex, what did you think of these episodes? Look, Tough Love is the best episode of the season so far, okay? Oh, like this is this episode was amazing. What? Like, Eclipsa is a darling. I love her so much. And I think the episode does great at like blending like little sprinkles of humor. I never think that it overdoes it in that episode in particular, along with the whole emotionalness of seeing Eclipsa like coming to terms with the fact that her daughter is like this and what Moon is doing, seeing that chemistry and then having Eclipsa and Meteora actually talk to each other. Like that that was all incredible to watch. Watch. and the climax was amazing the, the entire episode was just great there's, there's a lot of stuff going on there i needed like a half hour to digest everything but yeah the top tough love was an incredible episode for sure bame pati is whatever but yeah yeah says the pony have, head hater unsurprised push back against the tough love being amazing what about that prolonged peasant sequence when he's just like <laughs> rambling and then rolls down the hill me, and me humble cottage yeah what was that? I feel like that kind of, that guy overstated its welcome. Uh, that was I, what, that was. I liked that a lot more than the uh, pigeon really? stuff. Than the pigeon stuff. Yeah. That oh, was, uh, even the pigeon stuff. I was kind of not as high on. The, the, yeah. yeah, the pigeon stuff. I enjoyed. I, I I would be inclined to agree with you that the peasant sequence is probably the weakest part of that episode. But it felt short enough to me, like where I could just <laughs> brush it off. 
that's fair. Yeah, look, I love the enthusiasm about tough love. I think it's an important. Um, I assume that's a take that a lot of the fandoms gonna be having. So I think that's a good opinion to be represented. Personally, tough love to me is like nine minutes of like zany, like what Michelle is saying, just um, nonsense stuff, and then it's two minutes of really cool plot stuff, and that's a pretty indicative of what the show has been. It. Like literally, the only the stuff really? that happens in tough love is literally two minutes. I'm not exaggerating, and um, that's uh. I didn't even, I also, I would take the big dramatic moments in the previous week's episodes over the big dramatic moments at the end. Like, I love that stuff was happening. Um, I just connected more to the Meteor stuff in Schooled, uh, definitely. So, like, I, I must take Schooled a lot, a lot over Tough Love. But um, I still like that stuff happened. Um, I think uh, Bam Yupachi, if you can get over that this is, like, the week before the finale and this is a Ponyhead episode, then I think it's a good Ponyhead episode. And I think that it's uh, very funny. Um, it's, a, it's a little tough to swallow <laughs> right before the finale, but I do I do like that one. Um I don't think it is a good episode, though. I'll 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 go over all the parts I liked. I think it's I think it's solid. Um, certainly, last week's episodes, in my opinion, were better than these. Um, and uh, the big the big thing is that heading into the finale, I haven't had a top tier episode from season three B. That's pretty rough. Um, just zero. And uh, I don't know what to do with that. I think Schooled has been the closest, but uh, at the very least, exciting stuff happening at the end of Tough Love that we're going to get into. So let's start with that episode. Um, because, uh, I think that, uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff at the end and these two minutes and, uh, what happens to Moon, uh, is probably the, the number one highlight. Uh, she kind of has her, her, what, her soul stolen half, half soul by, I thought uh, it was just like an eye thing. Is her soul gone? Is that what that means? Well, uh, like in the, in that episode, they show that everybody who got their souls taken away had the black eyes. Like, oh, that's so, true. So, so th- yeah, you would think that's two, one way right. to interpret it. There's two factors. One, they have their eyes taken and two, they're floating up and Moon does float. Uh, well, she's also has wings at that point. She's in her... Right, but she's form. not like she's not like flying. She's she floats up. That ind- it definitely indicates that. Uh, like before you see her eyes, you're like, oh man, her soul is gone. 100%. Oh, that's true. She does look like she's like unconscious. She's floating, covering. and then you see, and then it's no, it's just one eye, and the other eye is still butterfly form, and she does have. Uh, she is able to take action. Um, so it seems like at least what this episode presents, she's half dead, half uh, <laughs> oh, half, half half butterfly form. Yeah. Uh, and, and we have the third factor of Eclipse activating that curse from the, the, however many years ago. So, oh, yeah. like that also throws a wrench right. into I, what I in the world I didn't was going on. The, I didn't remember this at all. So, Alex, uh, get what, what get into the curse from uh, Moon the Undaunted. Yeah, that they make a deal, and um, we don't. I don't think we see the results there. But when we cut back, uh, once they've defeated Toffee, M- uh, Moon starts showing those veins after she's used the butterfly form, and she's like, "Oh no!" And she just runs off to go find Eclipsa. If I recall, I I know that the show made it clear that it's connected to Eclipsa somehow, and that, yeah. that that's like a side effect of whatever deal they made behind closed doors. Yeah, well, Michelle, it wasn't. Michelle, do you remember it, this? It wasn't a side effect of the deal. It was a side effect of um, Eclipsa giving her the curse that could, you know, defeat Toffee. And once she used that to cut off his finger, um, like she didn't use it a lot, which is why like the veins didn't probably consume her whole body. Just like they start creeping up her arms, but it wasn't so much about like her butterfly form or anything. It was just like that spell linked to Toffee 
more than anything. So uh, that's why I was wondering, like, what is she using? Is Eclipsa using that same spell here? Is it just different? But it's also like her own special dark magic. And anytime her special dark magic in general is used, the veiny thing happens. It's a little unclear, but I feel like that's what they're going for. So in Moon the Undaunted, um, she I, I really don't remember this, to be honest, so I'm reading stuff. But she apparently used the uh, the moon used the spell that Eclipse gave her and it caused these magic veins to happen. Is yes. that correct? OK, yeah. so in this episode, it seems like Eclipse is the one where the veins originate from when she tries to stop moon. Is that is that right? Well, yeah, they they, they both show it in that scene. Yeah, like, I, I think I think it like right. I think up. it like propagates from. Let me uh, let me watch this. I think it like propagates from uh, Eclipse and goes into Moon. Is is that right? Oh, it's like both. It, okay, it kind of comes from both of their hands touching yeah. at once, and then it goes through both of their arms. The magic veins. Yeah, I really didn't understand what was happening here. Um, it was just so visually enchanting. Like, like even well, I think I that's what they're banking on. Yeah, but yeah. Even if I didn't understand so what was going on, I was like, "This is amazing." No matter what, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take like waiting till next episode to figure out what actually happened. But like right now, I'm just taking it in. Yeah, because to me, um, the the state that uh, Moon is left in after Meteor attacks her, the half butterfly, half soul dead is Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't need to involve this magic veins thing at all i think it makes sense because she's in the butterfly form and then she gets hit with the soul destroying things so that makes sense that she's half butterfly half this like how do the veins play into the state that she's left in i don't know for sure because i think like in that very moment where she's doing it it's more that that's a reflection of the power that she's using to keep moon from shooting at meteora rather than it affecting the event meteora's beam at moon yeah, it seemed like something Eclipse is doing to just kind of like hold her in place, but also stop her from attacking Meteora. Yeah, I, I guess it's and not like that. Im- it's not her. that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess it's not that narratively important. It's just that um, this is a representation of like Eclipse's magic and power. Is that would you say that's fair? Yeah. Potentially. I mean, we don't really know. To me, this is frustrating that it's been 20 episodes and uh, this is this came up again and it's not really explained yet. We're doing like Rich Bitch and stuff, but I don't know. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, that happens. And uh, yeah. okay. so Alex, what's your what's your take on half butterfly, half dead moon at the end here? I think it's cool. Um, also, I guess we should <laughs> we should talk about the fact that she opens this big portal right, that's so very good. similar to the portal that Star opens in her Aww. sleepwalking state to go into the realm of magic. So that that's probably leading us down a path where she's going back there to heal herself, or the, like the guardians of that realm know what's wrong with her, whatever. Since I assume this isn't a thing that's happened very often in magic history, so. Uh, I, I'm, in, I'm interested to see what goes on there. And presumably Star, since she's the only one that we've seen that actually went there, the Star is going to have to go get Moon out or whatever. So seeing Star and Moon interact and talk about what happened will also be an interesting sight to see. And if Moon is just normal or not, because I, I think her voice, when uh, like she gives that, she like, I don't even think she says anything, but her voice doesn't sound affected. So I wonder if it is just that like she's corrupted physically but not that much mentally yet i don't know my, my read is that she's stuck in the butterfly form so i don't think Star, i don't know I don't, if she's stuck in that form or not it's yeah it is possible she could turn it off we don't really see she has the butterfly eye when star is in her butterfly form she's not herself so um i'm not convinced that our moon is in there right now 
if she, if she's if she's like forced to be half butterfly and um uh... I feel like Queen Moon has really good control because she she knows how to she can like turn into butterfly form whenever she wants. And stars struggled with that for so long. I think that was part of the issue because stars a lot younger. She hasn't had the time to really hone that ability to her will yet. Um, so it kind of like controlled her for a while. But even that was resolved late um, earlier in the season. So. But also, Moon is in yeah. a bit of an altered state, so who knows how much control yeah, she actually has. Yeah, if she's, has. like, half dead, I guess it's, like, a different scenario, but I don't yeah. know. I still I, feel like she could turn it off. I, I think her leaving would imply that she isn't, isn't really in control. I don't think that... My read on it wasn't that she left because she needs to go, like, she's consciously trying to go heal herself. I think she just left because this is what butterfly forms do, because that was similar to what Star did. Um, and like the deep dive stuff with the realm of magic, she just kind of went there on her own. Um, so I think that's what was kind of happening with Moon. Although it is possible we, that she that she's acting of her own volition. We don't really know. Yeah, we don't know enough about how this works in general outside of Star to decide. Like, is this normal or is this like an emergency um, fight or flight response? It's hard to say either way. Yeah, I mean, I think that the maybe the the bigger question is like, can Moon ever be the same again? Yeah. No, definitely. What do you mean? De- what do you mean? Definitely, she her whole her soul well, is half dead. Like. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, can she just go heal herself? And I br- I say that because like I thought Ponyhead not having a horn was gonna be this big deal, and it was gonna like maybe permanently be a thing for the rest of the show, and how she has to deal with like having like losing this part of her but no they just 3d printed a new horn in the same episode and now she's totally the same i i was was i was impressed with that i actually thought that she would i thought she would just regrow her horn or something but Uh like practically there's no difference but she did it is she does she's never gonna have her original horn again so i thought that was kind of cool that we kept those stakes um it's no but we didn't keep the stakes because the the new horn is functioning exactly the same and it looks the same okay we'll get now can she shoot beams out of that horn probably because it charged up she she like she Uh, lit it up with pink magic right when it after it got attached so i feel like it's Uh, exactly the same yeah um yeah but back to moon i think that um this is probably a big deal that her soul has been half stolen i think that there's reasons to believe that she might never return to the state that she was in before i think that the show is showing a desire to limit its cast um we've written off other characters we have a there's maybe a desire to get star into power for a long period of time yeah another path we could take like going back to deep dive is that right the moon it maybe gets healed in the realm of magic but decides well star you're more more qualified than i am at this point to solve things you do it i'll be here uh healing (laughs) while you do all the hard stuff that's true that that could definitely happen yeah, I mean, even if she if she gets healed, doesn't heal. I think the important thing is if she's like her same presence on the show. And um, I think the big factor that would that would be for her being healed is one, the realm of magic, which seems like it can do anything. And two, is Star's butterfly form. If she can just Star's butterfly form seems like it can do anything too. So there's reason, definitely reason to believe that the magic that we've seen presented with Star and the realm of magic could could change Moon back. But um, there was definitely a second where we thought Moon was dead, which had been a source of speculation because of some uh, because of uh, the season four description, uh, which Moon's not doesn't seem to be in the picture. So I don't know if if uh, I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm not expecting her to return to her normal state in the finale. It would be a, an interesting move if we avoid this going back to status quo for longer than that. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that's probably the baseline. Like we only have uh, an hour of episodes left. It would be a lot to heal. And then again, deep dive it, Realm of Magic 11 minutes accomplishes a, t- a lot. So we will see. Um, but we also have to deal with the Meteora <laughs> army stuff. I feel like that's maybe the A and the, and, uh, the star finding moon might be the B. That would, that, there, the re, there's reason the, the finale promo indicates that potentially star will go and, um, try to find moon. But who knows if that's just the initial state of things or if that's like her the entire finale. Um, but yeah, let's talk Meteora because, um, this episode is about chasing her and, um, she's left the path of destruction and she is able, she has magic and is able to steal people's souls. So this seems, uh, she has a lot of powers going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, where did she get magic from? Well, uh, if she's actually Eclipse's daughter yeah. and we're going with magic can be hereditary, then that would explain Right. Things. Which is, which is not even clear from the show, but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 because we kind of always thought that the butterflies just had the wand and that that's why they had magic. But um, yeah, it's possible that that's true of Star and Moon because they're not real uh, gen- genetic butterflies. But uh, yeah, she's she's uh, as she states, she's rightfully in line for the throne and she seems like a big force here. What do we think, uh, Michelle? What do you think of Meteor going into the finale as our big villainous force? I mean, that seems like what's happening. I, I do think this show is trying to make her a little more empathetic. And we got that especially this episode when Eclipsa tries to comfort her. But then it all goes south, especially when Moon gets involved. And so now she's probably more distrustful than ever. But I mean, I do think we're setting her up as like the maybe temporary villain in quotation marks. I will say also, because we've been on the fence a lot about like Eclipse's potential ulterior motives, but she seems like yeah, we'll she's talk about that in like, a second. Yeah, right that's the next that's the next that's so, the next topic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Alex, what are you uh, are you excited by Meteora as the villain coming into the finale? Uh, I think they've done better with fleshing out Meteora, especially with this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm not really a fan of making her doing the whole she's getting bigger because like that you're you're leaning into her just being even more of a monster, like less able to be reasoned with. And it it let unless they find a way to bring her back to normal size, it lessens the possibilities that she could potentially remain in the show past the finale, which I I know we, we think it's not really that much of a possibility, but I would have liked to see something where like Meteora is part of the human monster uh you know yeah. reconciliation process but it when, when we're going to this whole like basically she's godzilla like i don't know how much room there is for that but as a character meteora is definitely in- interesting uh, i just love her interactions with eclipse uh, like oh are you my mama like it's all very it, it it feels innocent in a way even though you see what's in front of you like not being innocent at all and uh, and yeah, and just that the final fight like makes her menacing, like Meteora and Moon going at it, and Meteora essentially winning, which is you know a, bi- a big thing. So uh, I do think that this is setting up for Meteora to be a, a force to be reckoned with in the finale. Yeah, yeah it, it, I agree. It, More of a force to be reckoned with than like a straight up villain, maybe. Yeah, at least it's not Mina. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's, it seemed like Meteor was about to win until Eclipse stepped in saying, I love you. And then Moon was about to win until Eclipse again yeah. stepped in. So it's kind of unclear. With yeah, it was then. a back and forth for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I agree that I think Star's um, human monster reconciliation plot was much more interesting than this potential all-out war between Meteor's monsters. And although 
for the record, we haven't seen her recruit monsters yet. And uh, the butterfly, like, royal family. Like, this is, like, I, I like, like, I, I, that's the most interesting thing in the finale to me is, like, how Star is going to handle this potential monster attacking them conflict when she really wants to reconcile the two sides. I hope that still comes into play. And it's not just that she's Godzilla. Yeah. Um, what I liked about uh, the uh, Meteor in this episode is that she's still heinous. I like that she still has yeah. Hainus's voice, Jessica Walters still voicing her, and she still seemed like Hainus. She had her memories of Hainus. Um, like that, I feel she's just not just like completely gone as a monster. I think that really emotionally connects us to her because we made a lot of progress in that regard. Even though she was a nothing character before this, in Schooled, I think we made a lot of progress towards uh, being sympathetic towards uh, towards Hainus. So I, I, I like the the presentation here and her interactions with Eclipse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that, that that is something worth knowing. They didn't really play up the whole monster voice side of it. Like it, it still sounds like heinous if you close your eyes if you close your eyes enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they, they, it was definitely Jessica Walter's voice. They put a little bit of a distortion effect on it, but it was it definitely sounded like her. So I, I, I enjoyed that. I wasn't expecting it. I thought once we saw a giant, it would just be like a random giant monster. But no, um, I think that's uh, uh, that's promising heading into the finale. Let's talk Eclipsa uh, because that's maybe one of people's first things that they're thinking of is like, uh, I've been saying a lot on this podcast, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with Eclipse. I'm mm-hmm. waiting for her to, when's, when's Eclipse gonna be evil here? And she, she is presented at least on the surface in this episode as reacting emotionally to her daughter, um, consistently, regardless of whether she's pre- preventing, um, she's trying to stop Meteor or whether she's stepping in and trying to stop Moon at the end. Uh, her motivations are um, aligned with Moon, but still emotionally reacting to Meteora being her daughter. Yes, both of those things are very true. But neither of those things are her being evil. So I think that no, yeah. So I yeah. think that that was a surprise for me. It was a surprise for me too. <laughs> but I think at this point, the show is really deciding, like, you know what, we're going to make Meteora the wild card, and Eclipse is going to be, you know, obviously torn. Between having an allegiance to Moon and the Butterfly Family, but also, you know, having this really complicated relationship with a daughter that is in large part the result of, you know, the people that have been in charge of the throne for so long. So, but like having considered that, I wouldn't have been surprised if she did turn on them because she has a lot of reason to with the fact that she really isn't so much and her, her emotional conflicts, like the only thing making it complicated says a lot. So I think she's in the clear at this point. Uh, I okay, in the, in, I don't know if I'd go so far as saying in the clear. I think we still have an hour of finale to go with. And with we, we still have a couple of threads laying around. Like, we still got to get to that whole sneaking in the library thing and her disappearing for half an hour. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the big one. That, is yeah. what, what was, what was, She was still gone in that one episode from earlier season. I will say, it's, this episode very, presents her very sympathetically and good. The one thing is she does step in and stop Moon from destroying Meteora. Now, that's understandable because of her emotional attachment, but it's hard to not have in the back of your mind just because we thought that Eclipsa was evil for so long. Is she doing this because it's her daughter or is this uh, her plan all along? I don't No, I don't think this could be her plan. Not necessarily a plan, but does she have ulterior motives here? I feel like the ulterior motives are getting more questionable as this show, as this season in particular has shaked out. But yeah, well, okay, yeah, certainly, maybe, yeah. C- certainly it's maybe gone down. in the next 
and in the next Saturday will be so shocked <laughs> and she'll be straight up evil and it will have been this really convoluted sneaky plan that's been you know seeded out all yeah. along but I, I feel like that'd be like a lot to expect at the same time so certainly it's not the favorite <laughs> the favorite at this point is for her to just uh, be what she is but she does say um, she's explaining to Meteora uh, what happened to her she says some terrible people uh, mm-hmm. locked, locked me up and especially their queen uh, but that is a bygone era, which I thought was super interesting, this portrayal. Because for a second, I thought that she was going to go back to normal Eclipsa. But no, she's like, uh, bygones be bygones. Alex, what's your read on Eclipsa? Any any validity to her still potentially turning on Moon and the Butterfly family? I definitely think there's still validity. Like, it, 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 right now, if they do it after this episode, now it'll count as a twist. Because, yeah. like, at this point, like... Yeah. Like, on the surface, I'm totally convinced that Eclipsa is, you know, innocent. She's just, like, being caught caught in the crossfire here. So if they manage to do the twist believably, uh, I'll be impressed. And now it'll actually have full impact. At the same time, though, I do think that this uh, Season 3B has been pushing hard that Eclipse is more of an emotional being. Like when we go when Butterfly Trap, when we talk about her leaving her husband in the first place, it, it would appear to be just all passion. Like mm. there's no logic yeah. behind it really. And uh, in her interactions with Moon, she's usually just very like happy go lucky, take things as they come sort of thing. She doesn't she hasn't really given off much of oh, a planning personality in the style that like Toffee, let's say in the past did, where everything was very logical. Uh, to me, Eclipse just gives off like the entire opposite personality. So that would go really against the whole having ulterior motives, planning five steps ahead of what's going on right now. That, as from what we've seen of Eclipse so far, I don't think that's in line with her personality. That's a good point, and that actually leads credence to the idea, like, oh, well, why is like some of what she does like we can't account for? But if like she doesn't think like real, if she doesn't think calculatedly, and she just kind of does what she feels like doing, I feel like that makes a lot more sense with her character. So maybe like, like her taking forever didn't make like not helping Moon when they were like down in the archives. She was just like kind of doing her own thing, but not because she was being sneaky. She's just like that's kind of the personality she has. Like, from the very first moment we see Eclipse, like, she gets unfrozen. The first thing, I need a chocolate bar. Like, yeah, like, the like her priorities thing. are so different. Mm. Yeah, so, like, yeah, I, that's I, a good point. I, yeah, like, obviously, Eclipse could turn out to be a, a, a logical villain who is like, oh, I planned this the whole time. And, like, we'll go through a whole montage revealing stuff that we didn't <laughs> that we didn't notice that that could happen. But I don't think the show has been necessarily portraying that. I think it's been, like, yeah. doing very strong at saying, like, Eclipsa is an in-the-moment girl. And this is why she's reacting so difficultly in these final moments of this episode where she's switching allegiances second after second. Yeah, I think the the constant portrayal as her being an emotional being is almost what makes me not believe her still, just because I don't, that doesn't uh, sit like right in my mind as that's her entire personality. Like there's really not any, any part of her that's like calculating. I think that's still in there somewhere. Um, I don't know if I'm basing that off of our biased perception of her that was presented to Star or what. Yeah, because but... like, w- would you say there has been anything calculated by her so far? I think that there's a lot of stuff you could argue um, that could have been calculated if viewed from another lens that the show did not present us, um, like the entirety of Total Eclipse of the Moon, basically. 
total eclipse of the moon, I think, is, uh, in my mind, was eclipse of being calculating, but it wasn't presented on the surface. I mean, at this point, the unaccounted for time when moon's asleep in that episode is either a red, it was either a red herring or it's going to be revealed in the finale what she was doing there. It's like one of the two is going to happen. Um, and I think that, uh, the same thing with her in this moment. I think that this, um, at the end of Tough Love, on the surface, it seems like she's just reacting emotionally to her daughter, but maybe that she's, there's a plan in the, she's, she's just trying to manipulate the situation and, uh, that's, she's preventing, she does end up like base half killing Moon. That's pretty, uh, without any blood on her hands. That's a pretty, uh, if she is anti Moon, that's, that's pretty great, like for her. So I think there's some doubt there for me. But like also just the final shot of that episode where she's just like looking up at the portal and then looking back at Meteor abandoning her and she's just shell shocked. She's like, yeah. what What yeah. in the world happened? Right. Yeah, that's, so that's like, it's, it's because they're going to so support like, that. She, that's because well, they're just going to go. Yeah, yeah. Dylan. <laughs> I, I like look. Um, I I don't know if I want them to. I, I I think what I've always said this season was that I'm expecting them to make Eclipse evil, but it would be better if they didn't. So I'm happy that they haven't done it yet. At the same time, what they've done with her is almost made her a non-entity at this point in the show. Like, how is she going to matter in the finale? I want her to be important. Like, this is the season of Eclipse. I want her to to do something that matters. It doesn't have to be her being evil, although I think think that's very much in play, and I'm kind of still expecting some sort of twist with her. I, let's say, I think a twist with Eclipse is definitely coming. It doesn't necessarily mean to be that she's just been super evil the whole time, but I think something's, there's still going to be a shoe to drop with her. Um, I just, I just want her to factor in more than she has been. She's kind of just been on the periphery here in this season. Like my my dream would be like Moon stays over in the realm of magic, Eclipse stays in Mentor Star and Queenship. Like that would be like yeah. like that would be great. But like I, also I think that this episode, while it did milk a lot of the Eclipse and Meteora relationship, I do think that could come back. Like now that Moon is out of the picture, like it, it, it's also Meteora comes out of this feeling, oh Eclipse Eclipse played me, right? Like she yeah. tricked me. Yeah. So if Eclipse is gonna try talking to her again, like no, that wasn't my plan. Like this is actually my plan, maybe, <laughs> or I don't have a plan. Like that conversation has to happen as well as at some point in the finale, I would think. Yeah, I guess I guess on That's the surface, uh, Eclipse's role in the finale is just in relation to Meteora. I want her to have something on her own. Like, I want her to be big in her own way. This is certainly mm-hmm. what we've done is not what we were expecting for her, and that's mostly a good thing. But we'll see what the finale does. We still have an hour of episodes to go. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm an eclipse of truther. I think that she's <laughs> You're a, a truther. I think that she's okay, still evil. Okay, we'll see. Um, I think the best part of this episode was not something we've discussed directly to this point. I think that the moment that really resonated the most to me was not anything in the last two minutes. It was actually when um, stupid Eddie uh, brings them to the bog, and no. uh, it's oh. like, uh, what, what, what was she eating? And then Eddie's like, she's been eating the souls of my family. And we pan up and we see these like floating (laughs) bodies. The tonal shift. That's why this episode is really good. The tonal shift from stupid zaniness to really dark, serious nature. It's what we're frustrated by with the zaniness existing, but they did subvert it. Like there's a specific tonal shift from the typical star episode with the stupid mob stuff to bodies floating in the sky that have been had their souls torn out with this dark music i thought that was a really emotionally effective moment then uh, the, the episode really turned from that point and was very dark from the rest of the way on 
Well, say I find it interesting because I think from the very beginning of the episode, it does a good job at like going from zany to serious to ser- zany to serious. Like at the very beginning, like it, it clips uh, Moon are having like sort of a serious conversation with the pigeons, and then Eclipse it does her all trying to speak pigeon. You got Rich Pigeon showing up in a giant mecha robot being silly, but then you got him being angry, like get out, and like uh, Moon and and Eclipse are trying to deal with like people's anger around Meteora. So I think it goes back and forth throughout the episode and the the moment you mentioned with eddie is another one of those moments where it just switches back and forth and i think that's what this episode does so well that it manages to balance both sides of the show throughout the entire thing i don't think it's a moment i think it happens from the very beginning um yeah uh, potentially certainly there's uh maybe to a much lesser extent in the beginning of the episode but yeah yeah uh, like the eddie moment is obviously where it's most obvious but i i think that it 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 shows if you focus on like different points of the episode from beginning to end there's always the undercurrent of uh we're trying to find a giant monster that's destroying muni right like that's uh that's always there throughout the first half i think i just i find that moment so um great especially because eddie's this like stupid character who was in the stupidest episode of the season and we bring him back and then uh yep. he's, and then he's like the key towards uh fi- it's like she's the new bog beast like uh, it's it, it's like the show knows the show knows what it's doing with the zany to seriousness like it know it's it's that's almost why it's like even more frustrating because it's like acting consciously and still choosing the zaniness but at least like we are playing with it and like immediately after they sh- they pan up he's like oh, well i do actually miss everybody it's up tim good job tim <laughs> go away yeah. like it immediately yeah, switches back was to jokes line. so like it, it's great it's just I, like- I, I i do think that was one this is one of the darkest moments of the show though like we see these basically dead bodies in the sky it's his family's dead like i i think i think it is you know i don't know was um, there a darker moment like a killing toffee but yeah it's well see actually like um, i mean I, I don't know if we remember this at all but like what wasn't this the same thing with hecapu and uh, all the magic high commission that uh, they were also had black eyes and floating and stars oh, holding yeah. his balloons? oh that's a yeah, good they point were, they were legit dead not not like in terms of the tone vibe. because i think that that was also dark but i think actually just connecting that in a plot perspective like that's kind of interesting um yeah like i don't remember exactly how they got that way i know it's somewhat related to like the fritz and all but i i, I don't think I, we're bringing that back i think uh but... he was he was uh ludo toffee was killing them right like that yeah, was... right yeah, right killed them all yeah, yeah. So, like, maybe it's the same magic, and that could come into play. That's interesting. And that that may be why Moon is going to the realm of magic, because Star somehow went to, like, an anti-dimension to fix things. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm, again, not convinced she's acting consciously, but, yeah, that could connect when she's there. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I, at the very least, I'm excited to go back there, because I love Deep Dive. That's my favorite episode um, post, uh, post-Battle for Muni, which is this season. But, um, yeah, it's uh, a lot of exciting threads heading into the finale. Other stuff from this episode we even t- talked about. Um, I just thought this line was notable with uh, Eddie's, like, imagine the size of her mother, and uh, Eclipse is like, her father deserves most of the credit. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. She's, like, kind of proud about it. She's like, oh, no, that was the dad. Yeah. Good job, him. <laughs> well, will we see your dad back? Probably not. I don't know. Dead. He might. Yeah, he's probably dead. I mean, we we need an eclipse of flashback episode. Someone please. Yeah, I want to see that too. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we had the meteor flashback, and we'll, we'll see. Probably not in the finale, but yeah. Uh, w- were we excited to see Eddie? <laughs> Uh, I wasn't excited at first, but I do think he had a much better performance in this episode compared to the Bog Beast. Of he, he was one of the highlights of Bog Beast, but yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, I like, don't know it, if excited is the right word, but uh, <laughs> yeah. he sure was in it and did things. And like his jokes landed a lot more. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, the Tim thing was maybe his best line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, last uh, thing I think is Bobo is what I want to talk about, which is uh, this doll that Eclipse presents to Meteora from her youth. And I think Bobo looks like, ends up looking like um, our recently departed, I forget his name. Gemini. How Gemini. dare you forget the name oh, of our fallen wait, hero. Does he? So I wait, think it, I so to, I think the implica- yeah this. he looks like him he has a heart in the middle and he has one eye I think the implication is that heinous crafted craft no craft yeah. no, no the opposite crafted uh, Gemini, Gemini to look like Bobo, Bobo. Yeah. yeah that's even more heartbreaking his death in in school now yeah man uh, that's yeah. such a good moment. Gemini, Gemini, and just just the entire moment of uh, me, um, Eclipse sneaking up to Meteora, and like Moon is like, "What are you doing?" If you just shrugs, <laughs> like I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's like totally Eclipse's attitude towards things. Yeah, but and then's like trying to relate to Meteora, like, uh, "Oh well, we can get ice cream." Oh, I hate ice cream. Ice cream. Oh. Okay. You want to get then? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that, just that entire exchange is like both funny and emotional at the same time. It's just beautiful to watch. Yeah, it was pretty good. I think I think you're you're like the Eclipse stuff this season a lot more, Alex, which I think is fine. Um, I've, I think that's why you hire yeah. on Butterfly Trap. That's why you hire on this episode. Yeah, and like I think there's one line near the beginning of this episode where like Eclipse is imitating Rich Pigeon, like "Get out of my house." And that was super and, cute. And, and, I liked that conversation between them. Yeah, like Moon is like, "Well, you gotta take this seriously," and she's like, "I get jokey when I'm nervous," and like I feel so relatable <laughs> to that. Yeah, I like I did like the jokey when nervous line. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much her character right like she 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 has this air of seriousness when like stuff is actually going down but like for the most part she takes things very lightly and but that's what makes her entertaining to watch like uh, people having to deal with her yeah we will see how uh how we wrap up her character potentially in the finale although at favorite it has to be a favorite that she's in season four at this point yeah i hope they don't wrap her up she she wrap up her arc let's say i don't think really have yeah i would hope there's more to her arc that she couldn't be wrapped up in another like long episode but that doesn't i don't think that would be fair i mean probably the favorite is meteor is not in the show anymore after season three and eclipse uh, is is but to a less of an extent i would say but it is possible that moon's dead and eclipse is the mentor i do think that's in play um, i don't think moon's dead she might dead be or like, practically practically dead you know yeah. tr- tr- chooses to stay in the realm you know written off the show to... What what if Moon, Eclipsa, and Meteora are dead at the finale? <laughs> Pluto can come back! Yay! Hey! Oh god, that's not that's not the takeaway here. Is Pluto back? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would say that my main these episodes, these two episodes, continue my frustration. I've said this a million million times uh, this season of the show not focusing on star and marco neither of these episodes are from star and marco's perspective marco is literally not in the episodes um and yeah see like i i i feel bad because like this and butterfly trap are my favorite episodes of season 3b the ones that have almost no star and marco but i guess it's just because eclipse is just such a great character that maybe but even the butterfly trap like didn't have that much eclipse it was more just the entire experience of it butterfly trap was a pretty uh, yeah, unified cast episode yeah, yeah so so like something about it, but once i guess this goes back to our whole discussion like star and marco's dynamics also changing a little bit in season 3 as well so that that makes stuff a little difficult too 
Yeah, and uh, there have been very few episodes where they've been the leads, which is, and I think when they have, it's maybe stood out a little bit. That's why uh, Marco Jr., I think, is going to stand out from the season, even though it's like a nothing episode to a certain extent. I think it's one of the only ones where they've been in it together. Um, but um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. They, I'm, I haven't been as as attached to these. And Bam Yu Pachi is, uh, Bam Mecha Pachi is another star in it, but Ponyhead's the lead. And uh, the concept of this episode is very strange. It is, uh, we go through Ponyhead's trauma with her losing her horn as explored through her watching a Korean drama. I mean, strange, but relatable. Like, haven't we all gone through this at some point? Like, we we bury ourselves in... We lost our horn. Well, we bury ourselves in media when there are things that we should be doing or should be thinking about, but we want to distract ourselves. And that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Yeah. I think that's very very relatable, and I think it makes sense for Pony's character. My problem is that, like, this, the, the setup to this episode was like legit consequences and then everything was so neatly resolved at the end and like ponyhead didn't even like really come to a realization she just like mimicked what she saw on this drama and decided everything was actually (laughs) fine and started to have to talk to her about it she just watched the show and it just like that's what made me mad okay i don't agree i think that i think there's there was no like character arc at all and i thought like that's what's going to happen. You could you could argue that she's not genuinely having a moment. It's just her imitating the show. But I do think that she displays mm, the most know. amount of self self. Well, that's what you said. She's displaying the most amount of self reflection um, at the end that I think we've ever seen from Ponyhead. I think specifically this line. That's a very low bar, <laughs> right? That, that, yeah, this well, line I think is the most introspective we've Ponyhead has ever been. She says, "I know I can be a lot to deal with, like all the time, like TikTok every single de- second." But I really appreciate you helping me. She says to Star. She acknowledges she's a lot to deal with. That's uh, that's yeah, she does. But Star didn't really help her because she wouldn't let her, and then she just decided she was fine before Star, Star got was there. Trying again. to help her, you were too cynical she about Ponyhead. Ponyhead like... is a uh, is a precious baby, and so she's. I am not cynical about Ponyhead, but like the fact that Star's friendship to Ponyhead was like the most pivotal friendship since season one. I really went into this assuming it was going to be a great chance for them to bond and have like some communication and grow together and that's not what happened pony had grew through watching this show which seems very a very superficial kind of you know realization and, and then she's got a horn back so it's fine and it feels I like we gained can... nothing it feels like we gained nothing from this episode in terms of characters and i hate that it feels like a wasted opportunity and i'm mad about it I think that getting the horn back at the end is really what what makes this a bit of a disappointing episode because like e- even the whole learning lessons from watching TV as opposed to talking with friends like everybody r- handles grief differently right so like th- there are situations where like maybe a person wants to be alone and wants to figure things out on their own and that's a, a okay perspective to try to portray but then, then at the end, you just saw it like, oh, well, I just made you this. So that fits now, right? And hooray. So it doesn't really work in real life. You, you can't, it, like, just replacing your problem with something that looks like, I don't know. But it's but the point is, like, that there is something to be done here with handling grief in different ways. Or, like, pe- different kinds of people handling it in different ways. But it ends up being your average zany star episode. It's funny at parts, but you don't really get much out of it, emotionally speaking. 
Okay, let me present the opposite side of this horn situation because I love what happened with Ponyhead's horn. I love it. And uh, I get what you guys are saying with that. Uh, she just, she just, there's no stakes and she goes back to normal. I think we are overemphasizing Ponyhead's role on the show. I don't think that. Well, that's a bigger problem with this show. Ponyhead is useless <laughs> as a character. Ponyhead yeah. is not involved in the main plot and she's not involved in the main emotional arc of the season. I think that this is, um, you could argue this episode doesn't properly deal with the situation, but I also think that it was never important. Um, let me pre- they made it important when they took her horn away and decided that was going to be a, like a canonical part of the plot. Okay, right, right. So but that wasn't, that wasn't even, that wasn't even the, the biggest of part Booth of school Buddies. though. That's the thing. Okay. Yeah. Booth Buddies, that, it's a five second thing at the end. We need to deal with Ponyhead, but at school, the major parts are Meteora and Ponyhead's the periphery. They even joke about that being the case. So I think that it's, it's kind of just uh, more of the same with that. Like that, I don't think that was the, but in the top five biggest moments of school was her losing her horn. Okay, but if it's not a big thing, then why dedicate a whole episode to it? They've dedicated most like two minutes of the it was next because Pony it's episode. a because it's a fun like light light episode and at, it, with an undercurrent of dealing with this uh, unimportant plot thing. So that's now, what I, I, I do want to say like uh, I, I'm not a Ponyhead fan, of course, but I do think that this is one of the above average Ponyhead episodes just because it is admittedly funny in a lot of places. And I do think Ponyhead is toned down in this episode compared to previous Ponyhead episodes, in part because she's being portrayed as depressed and just watching a, a drama. But I do think that the toned downness of it helps a lot for Ponyhead, like being yeah, on screen. Yeah, uh, you, well, you're wrong that toned down Ponyhead is better Ponyhead. Uh, we need Ponyhead as, ec- as extra so, as possible. So if that's the case, you don't like this episode because, like, how can you have <laughs> Alex, a toned down Alex, Ponyhead? Alex, I like all aspects mm-hmm. of Ponyhead. All aspects of Ponyhead are valid, especially extra Ponyhead. And she is very extra at times. So, uh, but let me talk about the horn because I, uh, last year, um, this is a big plug to watch Mysticons. Uh, the show Mysticons had this great moment where uh, they 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 got they got their evil artifacts stolen, and then they're uh, they just uh, basically three D printed replicated a new version of it, and it was functional again. And it's like, wow, this is like great wow. combination of modern technology infusing with this uh, these kind of like medieval like fantasy type themes. And that's what I thought applied here too. I love when we like just insert um, we we use modern technology solutions to like a unicorn horn like we 3d printing a new unicorn horn that's so funny to me like that's so appealing i just love this concept i i i don't care how it relates to like ponyhead's emotional arc i just i love the concept that's of this. what i mean though like there are these great ideas and pockets but like when you look at the episode as a whole and and, and what kind of meaning objectively you get out of it i feel like that's where it really becomes frustrating because i can't divorce like just like, oh, I love that they have this concept of 3D printing with, oh, so Pony had, you know, we can effectively ignore that she has lost this part of her body now because it looks exactly the same and functions exactly the same. And I don't know. I feel like that's a real missed opportunity. To me, this is like the best case scenario because the alternative was she just regrows the horn. Or and she doesn't have a horn, and, and it has to learn to deal no, with that's that. No, not, that's not possible because we have to keep her character model consistent. But, like, this is, uh, aye this, aye this aye. is, uh, she, now her horn could fall off in the finale when she's fighting, and that, and she could deal with the ramifications of that. It's not, like, the same thing. So I, I think that this opens the door towards this being a recurring thing with her character. It could fall off, and someone picks it up and puts it back on. She yeah, makes a joke I, about, hey, don't touch my horn, and we're on with it. That, that, <laughs> that's, 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 that's great. Let's do that. I feel like that could happen. <laughs> I don't 
do it. I want that to happen. Let's do it. No, but I love the concept of printing the horn. I I think it's a valid point to say that it's um, losing the stakes, but I would argue that this was never a moment that's supposed to be that stake impactful. I do think we probably shouldn't have had it be the cliffhanger of last episode. Um, Yeah, I think that's more the issue, right? That they've been making this important for two episodes, and this is the episode you get. I do think that in a vacuum, this this episode is pretty funny. And the 3D printing gag is a good gag. But uh, if you're connecting it to other episodes, that's where the problems of analyzing this episode comes in. I think the the purpose of making it the cliffhanger was that in season 3B, they've tried to connect unrelated episodes and make them serialized, even though large portions of the series season have not been serialized. So they're doing things like... Um, oh, Star and Marco in the Starco episode get a call about Ponyhead's horn. Um, and uh, it's like those two episodes where we saw the star leaving and then we see what the moon ramifications of uh, what happened after she left. Um, so I think they're just trying to connect the plot stuff. You could argue it didn't work here. Yeah, because like Marco Jr. didn't have any connection and like that's fine. And th- that that's like the most comparable episode to this, honestly. Um, in terms I of like fo- focusing on humor more than right, I, yeah, yeah. I think this is. I think both are very fun, probably the funniest episodes of the season. So let me. Um, I I I enjoy Bam Me Uh, I I think it was not like superb. I I'm tempted to give the hot take that it was better than Tough Love. Oof. What? I'm, I'm tempted. <laughs> no. I certainly liked the ending of Tough Love, but um, I think that uh, the first you know five six minutes of Tough Love, I I was enjoying the the Ponyhead stuff more. The, the first six minutes of, of Tough Love are, are funnier than the entire episode of Bounty Party. <laughs> oh, okay, I don't agree. Let me give you all the ways this episode is very funny. But first, we didn't even talk about the fact that yeah, she's watching the Korean drama. We talked about it in relation to media, but it's very weird that she's watching a Korean drama. It's um, not it's- weird. It's- what all girls of that age like to do pretty much don't it watch is korean dramas if they're like oh, i mean they, she's she's oh, i mean do. she's not why, why are you perpetuating the stigma that western girls can't enjoy asian many, media many, many western people enjoy korean dramas it's totally yeah. no, hey, look look it's great i'm just saying i've never seen this before in any of these shows we cover well that uh, that means it's become mainstream which is a good mm-hmm, thing like you, exactly. uh, people who do this don't no longer feel like oh i'm just like part of a niche or like am i weird for watching stuff yeah that's that's Good. I agree. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, I think it was. I think it was them trying to, you know, portray crew's interests and stuff. And it was. And it's cool that like Korea animated this uh, Korean drama episode. I think that's cool too. Um, Alex, why do, in in modern animation are unicorns associated with Korean? <laughs> because uh, Lady Rainicorn in Adventure know. Time. <laughs> Don't know. Now the, the one thing I'll give this episode, me. they have subtitles. We, you know, that's yeah, already a huge bonus. <laughs> yeah, that when I was like Lady Rainicorn, what? Why are we doing this? Is why yeah. are we doing this again? Uh, yeah, but thank, thank goodness for the subtitles. Yeah, but uh, I, um, I yeah, well, also a quick shout out to Agnes Shin who voices the the actress in that um, drama, and I think she also sings the outro song for the show for like Star vs. the Force of Evil. So just good, she finally got a voice role in here. Yeah, good she, for her. she does the 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 new outro. Yeah, that's not Darren. I thought that was Darren. No, 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 no. I think we'd said at one point that was her. So okay, we have a correction. Gotcha. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what do we think of the dra- Korean drama itself? Because uh, it's this this plot of the K-pop singer, and uh, she she has her uh, a vampire's curse on her body bone. Which I'm not sure if that's supposed to be like a translation joke, like a bad subtitles. <laughs> body bone oh, maybe i didn't think of that but maybe yeah. it's like yeah it's like why is this is a weird phrase um and uh, she can't sing and uh yeah and then, then she falls in love with the vampire at the end yeah i thought it was great it's a stereotypical soap opera plot i would think oh yeah totally 
Yeah, and then I like how it connects to everything that's happening. There's like a guy brings in a pizza, and Ponyhead's like, "Should I order a pizza?" And there's like a guy already there. You're still here. Um, I thought that was funny with the pizza stuff, and she needs uh, to put uh, in her tab. But uh, okay, yeah, let, let's examine her ID for a second. Her first name is Lalacia. Did we know yeah, this? I think I, I think did, we knew this I from did, the book. I yeah. don't remember this being a thing. Okay. Yeah. Also, her birthday is August fourth. So um, yeah, she, what is it? Two thousand one. So that would put her. Um, we don't know what year this is taking place. So yeah. <laughs> her her address is Biggest Castle, Third Cloud on the left. That's <laughs> and amazing. Her, and her eye color is gorgeous. I agree. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> does she get to be? She's a princess. Does she get to characterize her ID however she wants? Like, is it the official government? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, she could choose here. And that was yeah, I thought that was good with the pizza stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, more Ponyhead mythos. Uh, what do we think of bringing back Ponyhead sisters in in this episode? Um, this felt uh, like I'd made this point before. Like stars, to a certain extent, is turning into Adventure Time, where we bring in these unrelated, uh, random plot things from throughout the world, and we cycle through them. And it's like, oh, we're cycling back to the Ponyhead Sisters. We saw this in Ponymonium. It's now it's time for the it's time for them to come back. So I didn't like that it felt like that. They were fine. I they're mean, as, they're yeah. as one dimensional as they were in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, so we have uh, Asnes, uh, Crystal, and uh, Shonden Shinda were there for a hot sec, and then Hornet yeah. will replace them. Um, who do we? Who's our fave? Um, I think I still think it's the hornless one, just because she seems like the Aww. most logical. Yeah, she she's the Hornin. most relatable and like down to earth. Yeah, at the end, Hornet wants. Uh, him 3D print a horn for her and Ponyhead's yeah. like, uh, why do you always have to be at the center of attention, Ornine? Like, why, why, why? And she just keeps going. It's great. What? 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 Yeah. What? Like, that, that's just the perfect ending for a Ponyhead episode. Just like yes. being ob- obnoxious to the mats. <laughs> I think a- Asnes was great here and uh, Crystal was very uh, self- self-absorbed, self I think, as usual. And then Shonda and Jinder were creepy. There you go. Yeah. I, I did like the line where it was like, imagine you woke up one day and you were so beautiful. And then Stars was like, what, what are you talking this? about? Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this makes no sense. Yeah, disappointed no Shonda and Shinda singing, right? There wasn't enough time. No. Oh, yeah, there, we had so much more vital things to get to. I'm sure, exactly. they'll post it on their SoundCloud. <laughs> the Shonda Shinda SoundCloud. Um, there's uh, Kitten Donuts. Um those were was that cute. a thing? Was that a thing earlier in the show? No, this is a new I thing. I don't think so. I would have remembered something that like disturbing. C- Cookie cat. Well, it's different. These cats are like meowing. They seem to have <laughs> consciousness. That's what's like really messed up about it. No, this reminded me of the, of the sentient sandwiches from Adventure Time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a very, this is a very Adventure Time episode. Yeah, it just yeah. it's it's very random and weird. Um, uh, yeah, we have a uh, most important character recurl is Seahorse Ponyhead's ex boyfriend. From I don't remember what episode, but he was um, there de- Demoncism, your favorite Tom episode. I like Demoncism. Yeah. Was a thing. Seahorse, and he's been. Uh, <laughs> he was pre. What Pony had characterizes him as like rebellious previously, and now he's like this uh, corporate entity. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's. I think he's great here. Something is like not right with that poor Seahorse. Well, yeah, I think clearly. Yeah, he's been indoctrinated <laughs> by uh, by big cell phone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get your seahorse as the MVP. Of the episode takes ready for the panel. All the all those will be accepted. <laughs> I think you're great. <laughs> and uh, oh, we have this gag of Star jumps on Cloudy, and she's like, "Cloudy was a lot further down than I thought he was." 
Yeah. I, I like that they dedicated time just to, yeah, uh, it's just waiting. Uh, yeah, classic classic like bottomless pit screaming gag. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, that is the <laughs> accurate amount of time spent on that. Uh they three they 3D print pony heads to like throw out to distract Star. Um uh then uh we have Pony Head driving and she like drives through Rainbow Road. I really like this. Uh, I also like that she yeah. was able to drive for a total of five seconds before it crashed. Yeah, then it crashed. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, Ponyhead's inspired by the show. The world deserves Ponyhead, she says. Oh, uh, also, like earlier, she like there's a line that's like, the entire world loves me, but they do not understand. I must live this curse. And like that right. feels like exactly a line Ponyhead has said in a previous episode. So yeah. <laughs> it makes that's sense. Great. She's like, oh, yeah, I can. I, I believe that, honey, or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was who says this? Crystal or no? Asna says this. Uh, so dramatic. Uh, we get it. You had an emotional journey and came out as a changed pony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then See, she it's says, funny but, because she didn't. Exactly, she didn't. <laughs> she did in her own mind, which is what's important. <laughs> you guys are trying to uh, under empower a pony head, and uh, she's that's had not this big true. Moment. We we want her to have better development. I think that's doing her a favor. She had better development. In her own opinion, and that's what matters most. Okay, jeez. Uh, she says, "Yeah." She says the TikTok line. Um, appreciate Star helping me. Oh, and then uh, uh, Seahorse is back, and she says, "Oh my goodness, I thought you died." And he says, "No, I am unkillable." <laughs> Which was I thought was very funny. And uh, is that a side effect of the demon schism? Yeah, yeah I'm really so. concerned for him. <laughs> oh, is that what he did? He had a demon schism. Is that yeah. why he acts like this? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, Tom's unkillable confirmed. But Tom never went. Through he didn't with finished. It. Yeah, he only got like the first thing done. Oh, so you're saying we can kill off Tom? That's Ooh. that makes me hopeful. Not okay. that they will. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, three 3D print Thor and Fave's sister puts it on. Who's star? Aww. That was sweet. I guess that was sweet. I wish there was more of that in the whole episode, not just right at the end. Also, just like Star's um, attempts to help Ponyhead feel very superficial, too. I guess that goes with their friendship. It's a very, like, you know, party all the time. Yay! So, like, when they have to be serious with each other, it doesn't really come off well. Like, Excuse Star's- me. Star and Ponyhead are very emotionally connected friends who have a deep, deep-seated friendship. And, uh, yeah. It Look, would be great just- to see that bond play out more in the showtime, then. That's yeah. really true. Yeah, like she just like shuts her laptop. It's like you know, you just you gotta move on. Like, great, great. Every depressed person wants to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> good, good job, Star. <laughs> and she's known Ponyhead for years. You'd think she would like she'd have a better take on how Ponyhead deals with certain things at this point. Yeah, I mean, she's never lost her home before. This is probably new, but I mean, um, yeah, that is. But yeah, so there you go. There's Bamu Bamepachi. I loved it. I didn't even love it, but it was. It was <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I didn't even love it. <laughs> wow, well, that's you, take you of the lo- century. You like Ponyhead, and I understand you want to justify yeah. Ponyhead episodes to exist. So I support your support of this episode. And yeah, it was an okay episode of the show. Better. These eleven minutes were better than the first nine minutes of Tough Love. That's my take. That's not Wrong, that hot of a take. Okay. Not, that. not that hot of a take. Um. That is a hot take. That's not a hot take. Tough Love is very centered in its last two minutes, I think. Mm. And uh, we'll see. Tough Love is still the best episode of the season. That I think that's a hot take. Although there's no clear winner of the season, I think School does. 
Well, I, I like my top three is t- is Tough Love, Moon the Undaunted, and Butterfly Trap. Like you could put those three in any order at the top three, and I would be fine with yeah, it. I would I would not have anything from three B in my top three of the season. Not yeah, but this is just going back to what we're looking for out of the show. So, yeah. um, so we will hope hopeful for the finale. Though we've got um, scrolling down, divide and conquer uh, coming up in in the finale. Who will? Be on the throne at the end. Will Meteora be dead? Um, what's going to happen with Eclipsa? Is she going to betray them? Who Probably will be not. divided and who will be conquered? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, is that symbolic divide and conquer? Literal? Um, how will Ponyhead play into the finale? She has, like, armor and she can't see in the preview clip. That's very funny, I think. Uh, will we divide her horn? <laughs> oh, don't don't wish that. Up. Don't wish more tragedy upon Ponyhead, hasn't she? It wouldn't hurt enough? her. It's not real. Yeah, it's not tragedy. She can just three D print a new one. Exactly. Yeah, but then she'd have no to find mistake. Seahorse again. That would mean we'd have to have another Ponyhead episode, though. So to get the ne- to get the next horn, you don't have to have an episode for every Ponyhead development. Exactly. Just give her two minutes at that's the front the, of the star. Al- Ponyhead Alex, episode. that's not what the the show has. That's not the position of the show up to this point. I think we have had to have a Ponyhead episode for every development. Yeah. <sighs> Yep, more Ponyhead's the star of the finale. That's what's happening. So, um, yeah, let us know what you thought of uh, Bamupachi and Tough Love. Uh, which do which which you like more? What was your favorite Ponyhead moment? Why is Ponyhead so great? Um, what did we talk about in the first half of this podcast? Oh yeah, stuff that was important. Well, um, why do you want Eclipse to be your mom? <laughs> what's gonna happen with Moon? Uh, yeah, well, that, I forgot about that. That's the biggest thing happening. What's what's going on with Moon? And uh, yeah, Eclipse, give us your hot takes on Eclipse. Last chance to get them in before we learn her true motivations, probably, unless we extend the sense of season four. Um, and uh, we will be back with a panel on these episodes, probably to come. We'll see if uh, anyone is willing to say that Bambi Pachi is the better episode and uh, what ship is the ship of the week. Well, I don't think there was any, so we'll see. Um, find all that out at overlyanimated.com. Consider uh, or talk to us on Discord at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. We've had some interesting discussion about these episodes already. And uh, I consider supporting us via Patreon, patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much to all of our current patrons, especially our page of the podcast, Michael, A.K. Wazowski. And thanks as always to our patron executive producer, John Rand, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Um, we recently had a Miraculous Ladybug podcast go up. Check that out. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, we're having more Final Space coming up soon and a bunch of other stuff. I think there's Isle of Dogs discussion coming. So find all that out at OverlyAnimated.com. Thank you guys very much for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Adios.